to everyone listening and welcome to our first RegTech Live with Clause Match. The aim of these sessions is to provide you with a 10-minute live discussion around technology and compliance, speaking with the leading industry experts every Thursday at lunchtime. Please do feel free along the conversation to ask any questions and hopefully at the end we'll be able to answer some of them. Today we'll be discussing the impact and challenges that come with these uncertain and changing times. Our first ever guest is Robert Bohr, the CEO of Keepable. Thank you for joining us, Robert. Thank you very much for inviting me. Great. So, Robert, before we jump into our discussion, would you mind introducing yourself? Sure. So, I'm the founder and CEO of Keepable, which is a compliance as a service. Our first products in the market, GDPR, and we're saving people time, cost and stress on that. And before doing this, I was general counsel of VC-backed SaaS companies for 13 odd years. So I was the customer converting all of these various different compliance regimes into something achievable. Um, and actually, what's the, interesting about the role is it dovetails with today's talk. Half of it, you're looking to manage the risk of the business. And the other half, you're looking to enable grabbing the reward, like overcoming sales objections, investor objections, and this sort of stuff. So it tailors in nicely. And then before that, I was in private practice. And before that, I was an engineer. So... That's a quick summary of my, uh, of my background. Great. So a lot of your expertise is actually relevant to a lot of these challenges currently. Yeah. So I guess there is no hiding away from the fact that most people listening in today are working from home remotely. And with this, it's presenting a number of challenges for themselves, for the businesses and its processes, but, and also the technology now needed mm. to carry working as normal. I guess my first question is, what do you think are some of the current challenges people will be faced with when working remotely? And then how do you think management should be reacting to ensure they maintain the right culture, behavior or productivity? I think you hit the nail on the head and it's, it, it, it is that typical people processes technology, but people is always the most important thing. And, and there's an interesting moment when you move from having everybody in an office um, and it might be that they don't see each other necessarily within the same office, but they'll see their colleagues necessarily around them. Um, and going from that to going to working at home is uh, going remote working is a massive change. And you've got to look at the change to culture, the change to management styles. That's all been created uh, organically or deliberately in that one environment. And it's now a very different environment, all about sense of belonging, physical well-being. Um, and so, for example, one study said that actually the highest, the biggest struggle people working remotely have is unplugging after work, which is interesting because a lot of management culture is almost a bit of a command control bit, no matter how much people say, I can see what people are doing. I can see when they're in the office. I can see who they're working with. I can track how projects are going. And there's a certain feeling of, can I trust people to keep this going when they're working remotely? And actually people working remotely find it hard to unplug from work. Um, it's, it's just always on. And the second thing on it is loneliness. And the third thing is collaborating and communication. So it is, that sort of indicates a very uh, big change from both management and individual team members going from working in one place to going to work remotely. No, um, that actually resonates with me. Um, I've actually found uh, since working from home, um, I'm forgetting what the time is and end up actually, uh, you know, not being able to disconnect. What are some of the things that um, I guess management can do to try and solve this challenge? Absolutely. So, so part of it is, is first off recognizing that um, and looking to change that management style um, change the communication touch points 
um, to be more flexible, be more uh, cognizant that you can trust people a lot more than you maybe thought you could um, and recognize where people are coming from. I think one of the things is um, when you go to remote working, a lot of people talk about remote working that has an indication that it's temporary. Um, So actually before this happened, the government had just released their 2020 breach survey, cybersecurity breach survey. In late 19, all the quantitative research was done. Only 25% of businesses had home or mobile working policies. So there's been a huge change for people to go from, you're in one office location to working remotely. The remote tends to say temporary. And actually, when does remote become distributed and a bit more permanent? And as we're looking at this situation, it could last quite a few months. So there's one move from the centralized working in an office to remotely working. And then there's another move for, to distributed working. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there for businesses to reach out to their employees and their team members and, and really engender that communication, have team catch-ups each day, have, um, have, a, have a chat methodology where you can see what people are doing, what they, what, um, when they can celebrate successes, they can ask about challenges and in, in the same way they would do in the office. Great. Yeah, the, the, the point you've made around distributed work, that's really, really, um, I think, important because the connotations of uh, remote-based working almost sounds like people are working in isolation and aren't actually connected to the business. Um, I guess, how do you management uh, or uh, maintain trust and, uh, and instill the relevant behavior that they're still looking, whether that's more from a regulatory compliance standpoint? Well, yeah, so I think, I think that that's, if from a regulatory compliance standpoint, you're really getting into the processes part as well. Right. So most of the processes and procedures that a business has in place are done for that. Everyone's in the office. Um, so, for example, the, the access physical security uh, procedure will probably be tailored around the office rather than remote working. As we saw, only 25% of businesses had a home or remote working policy. Mm. So part of the processes and procedures will be how do we, either it's, whether it's FCA, whether it's GDPR, whether it's 27,001 or what have you, how do we adapt these for when people are working from home? Um, so that, that will enable uh, communication with, the, with, with people to see does this actually work rather than just telling them. Um, a lot of, lot of consumerization of IT, which we've seen with, with products like Zoom we're talking about at the moment. So we're using at the moment. So how can you liaise with the, with the employees to help them own that process? And then extending and changing those policies so you, you ensure your compliance even in that uh, distributed architecture. No, no, that makes complete sense. Um, I think one of the things that stands out to me is these processes are all well and good, but sometimes I think they're being challenged at the moment. And uh, the thing that I think springs to mind uh, that will actually help enable um, these processes and people will be more effective and efficient is actually the technology. So yeah. I think collaborative and comms based technology has always been important, but it's even more important now. Yeah. I Given mean, your expertise, um, what do you think are some of the data protection and security concerns that we should still be looking at when trying to procure technology like this quickly? For sure. So, I, I, well, you hit uh, the one aspect is onboarding this new technology this procurement. So, um, you just need to have a quick Google to see how use of things like Zoom and Hangouts and everything is just skyrocketing. Um, those businesses are run off their feet trying to expand uh, and onboard customers. We, uh, we have we sell through MSPs, and an MSP said to me he'd been trying all year to get 
his customers onto Microsoft Teams, which is a fantastic yeah. product, actually. And they were all going, yeah, yeah, and a bit like the backup thing before ransomware really hit. And they're going, yeah, no, not, not right now. We don't need it. We don't need it. And then all of a sudden, everyone's saying, I need you to implement Teams. And the thing is, there's a, there's a lead time to identify the solution, a lead time to put it into place, get everybody up to date on it, and make sure the settings are right. Also, the contractual aspects, you've still got to make sure when you onboard a vendor, you've done your due diligence. Right. Do, do you have a GDPR compliant processing agreement, these sort of things? So onboarding is one big thing. In terms of um, providers for now, one of the, the, the uh, cyber attacks generally, 91% of cyber attacks reported by Microsoft, 91% of cyber attacks start with email. And the, that UK Gov survey said that 86% of businesses experience phishing attacks, by far the biggest category. And that's ramped up now. Uh, there's a lot of spoofing of WHO emails, a lot of spoofing of in, internal emails talking about working from home policies. So it's about training people to be extra careful about emails coming in, um, which highlights the using of using things like password managers, multi-factor authentication, making sure you've got encryption on all the laptops and mobiles, that screen locks happen. Make sure you've got a mobile device management tool because BYOD is used by half of businesses. So You've got, you've got to make sure that when people are sitting at home, their, their, their laptop auto locks after a couple of minutes, that it's encrypted as a hard drive. And if they lose it, you can, you can remote wipe it and this sort of stuff. But vigilance about phishing is possibly one of the biggest things. Great. Thank you so much. I think we're almost near on the 10 minute mark, um, uh, which is a shame because I think this topic you can talk along, uh, talk for, for hours. Um, it's it's yeah. a very broad topic. I think some of the key takeaways is that a strong framework and plan around managing people and processes is key to reacting to pandemics like this, while the technology serves as an enabler uh, for the former to be more efficient and effective. Um, while regulatory obligations and risks need to be considered when looking for new technology to help um, with um, the move to remote working or the better way of looking at distributed working. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the, a lot of uh, change comes from um, an impact. So a lot of, you know, when organizations take on new services or when they have a breach or this sort of a situation, it enforces change. Mm. So it's a real opportunity for businesses to revamp the IT infrastructure, revamp some of the services they're using, try and flush out shadow IT, mm. make sure they're using the right things. Uh, because if you get it wrong, it can freeze the business if you have a big breach as well. So um, a lot of opportunity, a lot of risk, but there's a lot of reasons to be positive about um, the collaboration aspect and increasing that feeling of teamship. Great. Well, thank you so much for um, joining us today. Um, hopefully we'll obviously have a conversation like this again. Mm. Um, who everyone is listening, uh, feel free to uh, sign in next Thursday lunchtime uh, where we'll be discussing uh, the topic of policy management. Um, thank you, everyone. Cheers. Bye. Bye.